Welcome to Legalese. At Legalese, we offer you a diverse and civil perspective on current issues affecting America and beyond, inviting the smartest minds from Arizona and the country to politely discuss the things that matter in a Socratic manner. Our intent is to improve discourse and information dissemination in a time of hyper-partisanship and poor critical thinking. No one will be called names. No one's beliefs will be mocked. This is our response to recent and biased news content. We are here simply to deliver balanced and informative discussions about legal matters that affect us all, from yours truly, soon-to-be lawyers and current lawyers and journalists united. We offer you all of this without convoluted legalese, which is a word for fancy lawyer talk. We hope you enjoy the show. Today, our guest for episode 11 is Stephanie Boxerbaum. She is an entertainment attorney with 15 years of entertainment law experience in California and founding partner of Box Council. She is also the creator of the High Vibe Secret Society, which is a lifestyle brand for anyone who is business-minded and wellness-driven. From business and legal affairs at Atconian Media Group to former EVP business affairs and business development at Dance On, which is the largest entertainment network for music and dance across all digital platforms, to running her own practice representing creators and entrepreneurs, Stephanie knows all about digital media, and overseeing legal transactions. So her clients depend on her to structure deals for them and knows all about marketing and branding. She's currently writing a book called Law School Sounds Like a Good Idea. And I feel very grateful to be able to interview her today because I really look up to her. She's an incredible role model for all, especially for other female attorneys or soon-to-be lawyers like myself. Uh, We also have quite a bit in common. She hosted the not-so-legal show, which also echoes the goals of this current podcast. So, Stephanie, thanks for being here today. And Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, and, well, I felt like you did a really good introduction. I don't know what else <laughs> I can say at this point, but thank you for having me, for sure. Of course. Thank you so much. So, I guess, uh, yeah, let's get started with a few intro questions. So, how did you get started? Did you always know you wanted to be a lawyer? Um, you know, no. <laughs> I think... I, my, my degree was in advertising, and in college, I worked for a music promoter. I went to University of Florida, and it was, like, one of the greatest jobs I ever had. I still, like, love that job. And the music promoter was managing a band, and he was running sort of this local nightclub. And so, you know, I kind of knew at some point that I wasn't going to, like, work in a nightclub my whole life, obviously. Um, and so my senior year, Matchbox 20 came through and played the venue, and I talked to their lawyer. And so after talking to the him, I realized I'm going to be a music attorney. And so that's sort of what really prompted kind of um, my entrance into entertainment and wanting to kind of get into that world. Oh, that's super cool. And I don't think we actually, I didn't think I mentioned this to you when we talked before this recording, but I was actually very heavily considering doing music law. So I guess. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I did an internship at the Recording Industry Association of America. So we have more in common than I thought we already did. So, but very exactly. cool, very cool. So, how did your past work experience lead up to this point in your life? Meaning, you know, owning your own practice and business, uh, specifically in transactional entertainment law. Mm-hmm. So, I started out in private practice, and then obviously went to a few companies where my role was always kind of business development, business affairs, and. 
really just felt, I was actually pregnant with my second child. I was about five months pregnant and really just felt compelled that the timing was right to kind of, you know, build my own practice, representing, you know, creators, entrepreneurs, visionaries, and being able to really be not only a trusted advisor, but a teammate to them. Because I think, you know, working inside of a company as a lawyer, you know, you're really involved in the day-to-day work. But when you use outside counsel, sometimes it's hard because they're not, they're not involved in the day-to-day. And that's okay. I mean, there's certain times where you really need a certain expertise. But I think for, for the practice that I'm building, you know, it's really about being able to have a broader vision into their, you know, into what my clients are doing and not so much kind of um, one step removed. Very cool. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So there, you're doing so many interesting and, and cool things with your life. Um, so I guess this is a perfect segue. Can you tell me a bit about the High Vibe Secret Society and what inspired you to build the brand and also, I guess, the overall goals you have in mind for the brand? Sure. So it's interesting because with my practice, you know, I find that oftentimes with my clients, I'm giving them advice just in other areas of their life, wellness, whatever they have going on, kind of the career empowerment side of things. And so I feel like I'm basically taking that and really pushing it into more of a lifestyle brand that I believe really fosters, you know, community, connection. Um, And the idea around it is to provide content for anyone who is business-minded and wellness-driven. And I think right now, you know, we're all really busy, you know, so even if you do yoga or you try to meditate, you know, sometimes we don't have time for such things, you know. So what I've been kind of doing in terms of sharing curated content and I run, you know, these in-person groups where it's really kind of interactive conversations with shared perspectives. And by doing that, you kind of get this interesting insight into, you know, different people's attitudes, their views, you know, what they're doing to help um, sometimes build more stillness into their life, sometimes wanting to launch a business. And so um, it really, I'm just all about connection and community. And so I wanted to build a brand where I could start to kind of build around that. And I would say the goal is just to continue building, you know, and being able to keep adding members to the group, keep, you know, putting out really good content. Um, The book is actually a part of that kind of vision as well um, around career empowerment, that type of stuff. And it's great. I mean, I'm really, I'm really excited about it. Well, that's great. And since, since you mentioned the book, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tack on another background question, or I guess intro question. What inspired you to write that book, or I guess start writing that book? Working it. Yeah, you know, it's a fair question. Someone called me, like, before he was going to law school, and then he called me his, after he finished his first year. And he was ambivalent about going to law school and then he went and then he was ambivalent after that. And over time, you know, I love talking to people about, you know, whether they want to go to law school, whether they should, you know, mentoring, you know, other lawyers that are, you know, starting out practicing. And I think law school is this interesting thing where obviously from a financial perspective, there's a lot to consider. And then just career wise, there's a lot to consider. And I think law school really does sound like a very good idea, you know, because, it's three years of school, you, you know, kind of can idealize it and what you think being a lawyer is all about. And so I felt like, well, what if there was a way where if you were considering it, you kind of had this go-to resource with just a bunch of interviews from people that, you know, practice now, 
people that practiced and then left, and then people that went to law school and never practiced. And I'm a big believer of, uh, I tell everyone this, is like to talk to as many people as you can, work in as many places as you can, because that's the real way to get a sense of what you want to do. I mean, I worked in an entertainment law firm my first summer out of law school. And luckily, one of the um, attorneys there gave me real work to do, and they did music law. And this was going to be my, like, dream job. I was ready to be a music attorney. I was already, like, trying to find bands and nightclubs. And he gave me a record deal to look at, and I literally wanted to cry. I mean, I was like, this is the most boring thing I've ever seen, and, like, this can't be my career, you know. But if I had never done that, you know, if I had just gone through law school straight through and just kept telling myself, be a music attorney, and then, you know, then you start practicing, you're like, oh, my gosh, this isn't even what I – like or want to do it's pretty you know like you gotta then you have to figure out a new plan in a way you know so i think the inspiration really is just around giving people a resource that um they can hear from a lot of different people and what their paths have been like as a way to kind of make make their decisions you know i think that's brilliant and and very much needed i i, I still get some people asking me you know friends from high school or, or or other people that I've just met who tell me that they're interested and they ask me if they if I recommend law school. So now I have a book to turn to. I can just I can just tell them, <laughs> tell them to read your book. Hurry. Yeah. Yeah, I can just tell them to read your book. No, that's that's so smart. And you know, I I, I did that in law school too and it might have been to the detriment of um, you know, less time in the library studying for classes, but I made sure to have an internship or a job at so, you know, something legal for each semester. I was a judicial extern at some point, and then I worked at a law firm. So I, I definitely made sure to, to do what you did, and I thought that was helpful, because that's the only way you find out what, what you want to do with your degree, right? It's yeah, not, no, 100%. It's not just going to classes, so good, right. for, good for you uh, for, doing, <laughs> for doing that. <laughs> and I'm so, I'm so looking forward to that book, too, because I'm telling you, I'm going to point people <laughs> toward, toward your direction and everything. Oh, thank you. So you have your own practice, um, Box Council. Please tell us what you do at Box Council and I guess the overall mission of the transactional entertainment law firm. Sure. So we represent creators, entrepreneurs, and visionaries. And the goal is really kind of like I mentioned before, it's to, you know, be a trusted advisor and teammate to the business that they're building. And what I like to kind of say is we're helping people realize their ambition. Because I think oftentimes, you know, when you're a creator, entrepreneur, you're building a business or you have a business and you're looking to get aggressive in a different area, you know, the, the idea is to have someone on the team that can help you safeguard and optimize that ambition. I mean, that's really the goal, right, is you want to feel protected, but you also want to be able to, like, go forth and conquer um, and have someone that can be like, okay, well, here's how you do that, you know. So for me, that's the focus. I love hearing about what people are doing, what they're trying to get into, whether it's a new venture, whether it's the same venture and they're just trying to build upon it. And, you know, I think in the new media space, there's so much to do because you can build your own audience, you can do your own thing. So that's really kind of, that's really the mission behind it. Yeah, that sounds that sounds so great. And it sounds really like dynamic too, you know, you're meeting all these different people. And it sounds right up your alley too, with especially with the the high vibe secret society, right? It's, I, it seems like I'm, I'm seeing a theme for you. You, you like connecting with people and building a community and, and, and I guess while you're figuring out your way in life, you you like meeting people who are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. and, and you seem, I, I don't know, that's really cool. It's, it's, it's great that you're, 
that that seems like your pursuit in life, and I love it. I'm definitely vi I'm definitely vibing with it. I love it. Cool. Um, so, what are the highlights during your 15 plus years of law experience that best prepared you for your entertainment law firm? Good question. Um, I think working in environments where you know when you work in an entrepreneurial environment, you are forced to find your way in a lot of ways. And people wear multiple hats. They, you know, you're just exposed to so many different types of agreements, situations that you're dealing with as a business is trying to grow. So I think, you know, for me, after leaving, you know, early on really private practice and going in and working at companies as, a, as the in-house lawyer and helping on some of the business development ventures, because I've sort of was thrown into so many different situations, I kind of come at it from this mindset that like, if it's not something I've seen, I could probably figure, <laughs> figure it out because I was in that kind of situation so many times. So that's kind of how, I, you know, you know, like the timing is right because you, you're able to kind of, you know, take the expertise that you have, but also know and feel comfortable that if someone came to you with something, you're like, oh, I can probably figure it out. Um, <laughs> so I think working in those environments was really helpful. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. That's great. So your clients, what, what type of clients are you always keen on representing uh, at your work? And, and I guess, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm maybe a better way of putting it is what do you look for in a client when you're deciding whether or not to represent them, if that's the correct sure. thing? Yeah, sure. I mean, listen, I think for me it's really about well, I mean, it's a lot of things, but I think something that I'm very interested in is the ambition part of it and making what I kind of consider to be like real world impact, right? Where I would say most of my clients, if not all of them, are doing something in the world that touches other people, right? That has an impact on them. They're making content people want to see. They are, you know, putting out a message that people want to hear about. You know, I think that that's the kind of stuff I get really excited about. Um, but I'm also, you know, I mean, I think, you know, business comes in a variety of ways and referrals and things. And so I'm always, you know, I think if it, if it fits the lane that I operate in, you know, I'm always like happy to have a conversation. You know, I, I think I don't, I, um, I, I mean, I, I love all clients, you know, but if you were to say, if I was going to actively go pursue someone, typically that's kind of the lens in which I look at it in. It's kind of like, well, what are you kind of putting into the world, if you will? Hey, that's a great lens. <laughs> so you've represented YouTube talent, and that intrigues me. I mean, I think that in the context of YouTube, digital media, anything in that lane that's outside of your traditional actor, writer role, if you will, right, where you're auditioning for something, you're waiting for someone to tell you if they want you or not. Like, I think we live in a time where people, what I consider to be sort of like this multi-hyphenate creator, right, where... So, you know, some of my clients are operating in traditional spaces, too. Um, but then they also have their own brands that they're building, and they have audiences, and they can do whatever they want with those audiences. And so I think that's the part that's um, pretty unique in that, like, in the sense of the deals that come in and the offers that are made, it gets really interesting from that perspective because they, you know, the way that brands and companies look at them and their audience you know, I think if there's a variety of opportunities that you kind of are, are always kind of fielding through. And so that, that's the biggest thing, I think, when you, when you reference it in that way of, like, YouTube creators. So 
that's the, I think that's kind of a big difference as opposed to just like a traditional actor, if you will. Oh, yeah, no, that makes complete sense. I mean, it's it's a whole new arena now, right? You have Instagram, you have, we had Vine for a while, and now there's TikTok. So there are all the, all of these like digital content creators who are putting out really good work, and they've become in what we call influencers. So I've always been compelled to ask someone like you what that's like, because it's definitely like, a, it, it's kind of uncharted path, right? It's a new, it's just a, it's just a new thing in general. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I think when you've been in it, it's always interesting when it's like, it still feels new, but it is kind of new. I mean, I think, you know, when I, in 2012 was really when YouTube came out with their premium programming grants for, you know, giving people funding to build programming on YouTube. So that was only in 2012, so it hasn't been that long. It's an interesting landscape that we live in when it comes to creators, that's for sure. Absolutely. So you've definitely talked about the type of services that you offer to your clients, but I'm wondering if you can kind of ex expand upon it and go into more detail about what you do on a day-to-day -day basis to best prepare for your clients. Oh, sure. So, I mean, really my role is primarily transactional. So that's just around negotiating, drafting agreements. I mean, that's kind of the, the nuts and bolts of it. So any opportunities that come in, you know, whether they're – they have management, whether they don't, there's all, you know, different teams. Uh, everybody like works in different ways, right? So it's kind of facilitating with other people on the team or if they don't have anybody, then it's just me. And it's, you know, really dealing with the buyers and what they're, they're looking to do and orchestrating and structuring the deals. I mean, that's, that is pretty much the nuts and bolts of it. So you mentioned negotiation. And my follow-up question to that is, what makes a great negotiator in your industry? Mm, that's an interesting question. Um, I think, I mean, obviously, first and foremost, you have to, to think about what your client wants the most, right? I think sometimes, like in deals, there's all kinds of different factors that come into play, but it's really just like doing right by your client and what they want and what's going to help propel their career forward and knowing when to push and knowing when to be like this this is now we're dragging this out and we just don't need to so I think that's the key you know is being able to know when to push and when to not if, if you will oh that makes a lot of sense and I the reason I asked the negotiation question is because I took negotiation pretty seriously throughout law school and I even did a course on negotiation and I was, for a brief moment, I was thinking about becoming a talent agent. So negotiation's always something compelling to me. So what are your processes to get the job done well for each client? Yeah, I mean, I think with my role, it's a little different than like if you, if with a manager or an agent, right? Like, so my, my goal and their goal typically is I want you to make sure that my you-know-what is covered <laughs> in a way, right? Like that, that is the job is to make sure that whatever they're getting into, they're protected. And, you know, I always look at it as it's usually new to them. You know, like they're, you know, they may have a manager or an agent or they've been doing it themselves. And so hiring a lawyer is new to them. So my job is to kind of walk them through, like, here's how it works. You know, when your deals come through, instead of just signing it, you have someone who can review it, 
make sure that everything is buttoned up, you're getting what you need, and then some, right? Making sure you're protected. A lot of these agreements don't have the right language, and having someone that from deal to deal can help inform what's happening as, as things keep going. Because oftentimes, you know, in one agreement, there's exclusivity, and the other one, there isn't. And so it's kind of like the gatekeeper, if you will, to be able to, you know, someone that has eyes on everything is, is sort of how you how I kind of think about it and how I explain it to them, that the goal is really to start handling their business at a different level. Because I think in the new media space, sometimes what happens is as creators, because they built it on their own, they're used to doing everything on their own. And it's hard to accept like bringing someone else on to help handle things and they feel it's their relationships and all those kinds of things. So, you know, my goal is always to make them feel confident and feel good about, taking the next step in their career and what what bringing on someone like myself really means, you know? That's really cool. That makes a lot of sense. I think, and, and I think you're right, you, you must deal with a lot of, I guess I'm making assumptions here, but you must deal with a lot of young, talented people too because those are the types of people that take to YouTube and Instagram to make their social media presence and to kind of build a brand and business out of that. So I can only imagine that they would need someone like you to guide them through those things. Yeah. I mean, I think it all, you know, not all the time, but I, in the sense of how old or young they are, I don't think it's so much about that. But I think that the space itself, it's very different than like an actor who knows, like I get my agent. There's just a different mindset and it, it is different. I mean, there's, there's, there's a difference between I did it all on my own and now you're going to come in and help me versus kind of like, the traditional sense of, you know, the entertainment career path, you know what I mean? That makes sense. Well, it's great that you're a people person. I can see you connecting with, <laughs> connecting with people yeah, like me. Right. Yes, no, no, you did a great job. So speaking of the, the space, right, the digital space, what ought we to know about the tech industry and where it's heading? You must have had some foresight a while back that all things tech is the direction we're heading, obviously, because you've, you know, you've opened your own pra private practice and you're focusing on digital media. So, yeah, what is there to know? What, what should we know that we might not know? <laughs> I know, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question that I don't have a specific answer to. I mean, I think that ultimately, the way people are consuming content, right, you can watch it where, just look at Netflix, look at the way, you know, I have two children, right? My daughter who's five, her, experience of watching content is very different. I mean, she probably won't ever know really what it's like to watch a show on channel four at eight o'clock and need to watch it. I mean, we don't even, I mean, I don't even experience content that way either anymore. And yeah. so I think that there, so in that way, it's kind of, I mean, and you kind of said it earlier, the sort of this wild, wild west, if you will, around content creation, how it's getting distributed, what audiences want to see, how they want to see it, when they want to see it, you know. So I think it's just keeping your eyes open for opportunities in, 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 in that way because there are a lot of opportunities just because there's not – I don't think there's really been a set standard yet that, that's kind of just been delineated. So it's kind of – it's an exciting time, I think. Oh, I think so too, definitely. I think it's wise that people are capitalizing on it and finding creative ways to, to use – those platforms and to connect with people and to, to build a business and a brand. So what makes for spectacular marketing and branding? I know, I know that's kind of a broad question, but. I'm well, 
in terms of a creator or in terms of business or what in what, what yeah, kind of way do you mean? I guess in terms of a creator or does this does this question even come up when you talk to your clients? I mean how I guess that's the question. Do you talk no. about, do you talk about their marketing and their branding and is that something that you also help them with because you know they they come in with their own brand, right? But right. surely you yeah. you help. Um, yeah, I know for sure certain clients, not all clients, right? When they have you know management and that kind of thing, but certainly with certain clients, I think the brand comes up because it's like, well, what are you putting out and why are you putting it out there and who are the buyers that want that, you know? And so I think when it comes to looking at your brand, you know, it's really about focus and being able to drive an audience to understand who you are, what you're about, consistently giving them the content, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing is that sometimes people get sort of in this um, kind of analysis paralysis over what they want to put out and should they put it out. And, I, and it's always like, listen, you know, in the digital landscape, it's very easy to understand like what's working and what's not. And so the longer you take to do it, your audience is already watching someone else, you know? So um, I'm a big believer in terms of your brand is like, see what works and you'll know if it's working, you'll know if it isn't. Um, and just believe in yourself and what you want to put out there, you know? That's great advice. So what is the most rewarding aspect of your job? And on the flip side, what's the most difficult? Mm. The most, well, sort of the most difficult. I think the most difficult is wanting to do everything all at one time. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, the difficult part of it. And I think the most rewarding is, you know, working through deals and seeing them come to fruition and seeing your talent get what they want and feel happy about it. And, you know, um, I think, you know, the representation business in and of itself is kind of geared in that way. Clients are looking for help and they're looking for protection and they're looking to feel like they kind of have a space place to go, right, and kind of have their deal land, if you will. So I think I find that really rewarding because someone who, like I said, who's gone from, I'm just doing it all on my own. And, you know, my kind of thing is like focus on being a creator and knowing about your business because you should know about it. I never, I always tell people like, don't just check out and be like, oh, they got it. You know, um, you should definitely know about it. But I do believe it frees up bandwidth. And so I think anything I can do to help operationally, you know, in my client's career, so it allows them to free up their time to do what they do best, is, you know, that's obviously really rewarding. Absolutely. That sounds, that sounds great. Honestly, every, I, I, I hope creators chime into this episode and get inspired to go find someone like you to help them because I think as more content goes into the world, you know, it's going to be harder to navigate that space. So it's great to, it's great to be able to just be a creative, right? And, and have someone handle the operational stuff, like you said, for you. So I'm going to be using the hashtags for, for, people, for people to listen to this episode because I think, I hope it's informative for creators and also for, for people who want to, 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 do, to do what you do to help creators. Yeah. Yeah. So Box Council is also, if I read this correctly, is also an in-house council for some companies. What are some key differences between in-house work and other legal work that you found? Sure. So, you know, with creators, there's, there's kind of the direct dynamic as, you know, for deals that come in and handling them. And then on the company side, um, you're sort of the company's representation. And it's, from my perspective, it's a more involved role, right? So 
to kind of get more involved on the strategic and operational side of the business as opposed to kind of a one-off call from a company or two-off or whatever. You can, I mean, you can have very big businesses, not, not sort of the in-house counsel. But I think, you know, for me, I, like I mentioned before, I'm all about kind of strategy and operations. And so I like the ability to kind of be involved more inside of the business as opposed to, oh, we have this agreement, can you handle it for us kind of a thing, which I also do too, and I like that. Um, but I also I find that sometimes when you're involved in some of the non-legal pieces, it, it helps to – I find that interesting and exciting as, as you help a business grow. That's great. And where do you see your brand going moving forward? And when I say brand, I, I guess I'm referring to definitely Box Council and, and, and even the High Vibe Secret Society. Sure. I mean, I think on, you know, with my law practice, it's just about continuing to expand and grow and really the same thing for Habit Secret Society, you know, being able to get the message out there and continuing to, you know, have help people kind of what I say is like connect to others and connect to themselves. I mean, that's really what it's all about. And so it's just continuing to build the brand, build the community and give people a place to kind of come to, if you will, right, when they, I kind of think of it as like your own center pole, if you will. And, and what I'm finding is, is when people connect in that way, in addition to their other friendships and their other stuff in life, right, sort of this idea of, you know, really knowing what keeps you in the flow of your life and connecting with other people in that way um, is pretty powerful. So anything I can do to kind of keep building that up and offering content that, you know, helps people, that's, that's really the goal. That's great. Wonderful work. So this is, this is one of the, the, the good questions for, I think, in particular, people who are looking to open their own business. Mm -hmm. What's the most rewarding and difficult thing about owning your own business? Mm. The most rewarding is the obvious stuff, right? You feel right. empowered to make your own business decisions. You feel empowered to make your own hires. You are you know, I really believe guided in your own way of like, you can go make what you want in the world, you know, and I think that is once you can take the leap to do it, I am all for that. And I'm always happy to help encourage people to do such things. I think what's challenging are, is also the obvious, right? It, it, you know, as you're building anything, there's challenges, there's things you're dealing with operationally, you know, getting the bookkeeper, all the stuff, right? Just the man hours that goes into owning a business and what that means and the balance of your own life and not working till midnight every night. You know, it's all that kind of stuff. But, um, but all around, I mean, I think it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. And I think um, both my parents had their own, you know, have their own businesses. And so I grew up in that kind of environment. And I think ultimately I always knew that was going to be my direction. And so I'm happy to have you know, taken the leap and done it, you know, and so now I, I definitely, you know, when there's hard times, I certainly have a lot of support and, but I, I always tell people like, do it because when it's you, you, and you care about it, you'll make it work. I think it's honestly absolutely wonderful that you've had such a great career in what, in what many people would call a male dominated industry, right? The entertain the entertainment field is just very, it's just male-dominated. And obviously, you are spectacular at what you do. And we should all be taking notes. So, <laughs> so what are some things that you, your career path or other factors that you believe helped you achieve so much? Mm. I mean, I think my parents really were the starting foundation of it. Because I grew up in this environment that, like, every day is a new day. 
you know, and I think when you're around that and you sort of see it and you're like, well, it is possible, you know, and so for me, I've always um, really tried to take on the mentality of like, you can do it and it may be hard, but you can do it. (laughs) And so that's, I actually just started a new group last night and we were all sort of talking and I was kind of talking to everyone about that, about, you know, we're all sitting here and it's that reminder of you can do it, you know, and not all the time. I mean, I think, you know, we all have our support systems and such. And, but sometimes when people are busy and they don't have, you don't have time, they don't have time to listen or hear or get through all the stuff, right? And so one of the things that I'm doing kind of with the High Vibe Secret Society and through the Facebook group and the community is kind of creating the space of when you're like, I need the you can do it, you know, and not the like you can live your best life kind of you can do it, just truly kind of in that business-minded way of support, I guess, if that makes sense. And so, you know, I just, I really can't say it enough. It's like you just have to believe you can do it and get the support you need and kind of raise what I, I really say, like raise your vibration to that place, you know, and, and don't question it. Because I think the other part of it is like life's a movie. It's not a snapshot. So if you have this dream to do your own thing, start your own thing, I always say then, great, spend an hour on it every day while you're working at your other job. I mean, for a very long time, I mean, even before, I created the High Vibe Secret Society, which happened after I started my law practice. I was, when I was working, I had an eating disorder years ago. And so initially, the High Vibe Secret Society started out as a lifestyle brand around helping women reframe their perspective on food. And so I would work all day and whatever and come home and I was, I would call it my 2 a.m. project. Not that I was working at 2 a.m., but it was like the after hours project that I was doing and I would do workshops and things and really that you know, I'm a big believer of doing all of that is what also set me up to do what I'm doing now to realize that, you know, body image and food perspective is a part of this lifestyle brand, but it's not the only thing. But I wouldn't have been able to figure that out if I had never just been like, well, I have my full-time job, but I'm going to do a workshop on a Thursday, you know. So I always tell people, like, don't get overwhelmed by all of it. Just start somewhere, start something. If it's 30 minutes a day, at least do that as opposed to keeping this story in your mind that you have all these hopes and aspirations of things you want to do, but you're like not doing it, you know? And so it just sticks with you of this thing that you want to do, but you're still not doing it. And you're still not doing it. And so I always say like, just start like whatever that is, if it's 30 minutes a day, just to see if it's something you really do want. And then you make your way from there. That's great advice, and also thanks for sharing all of that. I think it's so inspiring that you, I mean, what you were saying is that you basically just had that, you had the eating disorder, and you, that was what inspired you to make the, yeah. the High Vibe Secret Society, and actually I didn't know about that. So this is new, this is new information for me, so kudos to you. It's kind of always part of the story, but I think, like I said, it's, um, it's things that you never realize that would, I mean, you know, after I had kind of come out of that, I started hearing, if you will, which I'm a big believer of intuition and paying attention to that, that I wanted to help women in that way and didn't really know why or how or, you know, but I just kept listening. And so that's the other thing, you know, of, of just, I'm a big believer of like, you have to listen to what you're hearing in your own mind, you know, outside of what anyone else is telling you or anything else, you know, but to really when you hear it loudly, you know, it's like they say, it's like when you're still, you can hear kind of where you're, where you're headed and what you want to do. And so anything I can do to support people in that process, I'm always like down to do it. That's, that's wonderful. Well, thank you. 
on behalf of everyone. And I promised you 45 minutes, so I'm going to ask you one last. I'm going to sure. ask you one last question. Is there sure. anything else you'd like us to know, either specifically or generally, about transactional law or um, the Box Council or even you know the High Vibe Secret Society? Before closing remarks. Um, no, I just think. I mean, the one thing I can just say is I really think I want to just encourage everyone to create if you're a creator if you have some other business idea do it make sure you're protected i'm happy to help anyone anytime you can email me i'm sure you can share my information with everybody you know i just think life's short and so if you have a desire to create or start a business there's no time like the present so i'm happy to give you the push you need <laughs> if no, you need it it's wonderful that's wonderful and the only thing I, I i i'm gonna start doing this in the beginning of interviews as i have more lawyers on the show I'm just going to make it clear to the audience that you were not giving legal advice at any given time. But you know, should should they be interested, that I'm going to I'm going to post your your um your email and everything. But yeah, that's about it. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for your for your time, and I'm I'm just so glad that we got connected. And I guess we have I guess we have David, your husband, to thank for this. Yes, we um, certainly do. I thank him for a lot of things, and I will thank him for this too. Yes. <laughs> no, he, I, he told me that you're just outstanding and. That you're just that he just said so many great things about you, and then I, be, I I believed him, and then I especially believed him once I got on the phone with you and we talked and and we connected. So um, thank you so much for your time and for being here today and calling in. And that's about it. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Talk soon. Talk soon. Bye. Okay, thanks. Bye.